0: L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.
1: Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of a Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it You can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
2: Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF podcast. It's Friday, February 19th. In 1943, Eleanor Lambert organized something she called Press Week, an opportunity to showcase the work of emerging New York fashion designers. Years later, she created the CFDA, and Press Week evolved into the biannual frenzy we now all know as New York Fashion Week.
3: The designer at one point in America was just somebody in the back room, but they were growing to be a group equal to any in the world. I felt that, that American designers like Claire McCardell and Anne and Klein and Bill Boss and people like that deserved to be known as well as, as the French designers. They were equal to the French designers. And so I, I asked some of them to come to my office. And we just formed the Council, the Council of Fashion Designers of America. And those number of people become a core of designers that people want to be uh, influenced by.
2: Eventually, New York Fashion Week, organized by the CFDA, became an essential stop on the annual fashion calendar, kicking off the collections before moving on to London, Milan, and New York. But now, as with all other live events and gatherings, COVID has put pay to the idea of having people squeeze into tightly packed spaces, and the future of Fashion Weeks around the world is now in question. The New York Fashion Week that has just concluded was a virtually all-virtual affair this season, dampening the mood of an industry that thrives on human connection and creativity, but as our senior correspondent Chantelle Fernandez reported in her recent BOF professional story, the unbundling of New York Fashion Week, things have been changing for years with a steady trickle of designers defecting to Paris or focusing on Instagram to show their collections instead. Now, after the pandemic is over, not just a few industry insiders have been wondering if New York Fashion Week has a future at all, as many of the biggest brands have chosen to show on their own schedule, from Tommy Hilfiger and Tory Burch to Michael Kors and Marc Jacobs. But one designer who bucked the trend and staged a physical New York Fashion Week show amid the pandemic is Jason Wu, who first rose to global stardom when he dressed Michelle Obama for the 2009 inauguration ball after Barack Obama was first elected president of the United States. I spoke to Jason and wanted to understand why he decided to stage a physical fashion show at all when business is so tough, money is so tight, stores are still closed, the fashion industry is still suffering, and the U.S. is still grappling with a major public health
4: emergency. I felt like, you know, if we could produce a show in a very safe manner, in a way that is responsible. I do, you know, really believe still in New York Fashion Week, because, you know, I, I mean, this was my dream, you know, to move here, you know, over 20 years ago. And, you know, I remember back back then it was the Bryant Park, you know, and I remember always trying to sneak into fashion shows. I remember like, you know, when I was like 21, sneaking into like the Heatherette show in Bryant Park. And, you know, just like fashion, New York Fashion Week, it, you know, it was, It was always a dream of mine to be a part of it. You know, now that I'm in the industry, I feel like it's my job to keep part of it alive, you know? I think even though it's forever changing, you know, Fashion Week has become somewhat of a different creature, you know, Uh, but that happened long before the pandemic.
2: I remember my first New York Fashion Weeks when I was also sneaking into those tents in Bryant Park and it felt like a really important moment and destination and there is all of that energy but then slowly but surely as you said long before the pandemic things began to change but you know it's this season in particular that i'm curious about because there's all this other stuff going on with the you know pandemic and the closure of retail and lockdowns and you know obviously the the health crisis what was the thinking behind doing a show amidst that and having it cut through everything else
4: I mean, I think, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. I moved to New York in 2001 on September 5th to attend Parsons. And, you know, then a few days later, it was September 11th. So I would say I had a baptism by fire in terms of coming into New York, you know. I mean, you know, that was one of the most traumatic events I I have and probably will ever experience, right? But one thing I have learned is that New Yorkers are very tough. And, you know, it is a resilient city. It's full of energy. That's why I chose to live here. Because, you know, I just, I I think, you know, uh, the city has this way of bouncing back all the time, you know. And, uh, And I just felt like it was important that, you know, we don't forget about New York Fashion Week and the New York fashion industry altogether. I mean, to be very frank with you, the New York Fashion Week as a whole hasn't been getting as much attention as our European counterparts, right? It's it's very different than when I started, like, 14 years ago, you know, when, when there was a lot of young blood, new blood, and I, you know, me being part of it, right. And now that I'm not so young anymore, <laughs> you know, but I, uh, I, I feel like, you know, it, it's, it's important to carry the torch a little bit, you know, because I do think when everything's set and done, right, there will still be a very necessary, need for some sort of a schedule just because, you know, buyers and international editors, they can't, they they still need to come in and they can't come, you know, as it is, everyone's already over-traveled between so many shows, right? Globally. And I think, you know, there's still going to be a very, it's, it's going to be more important for us to work together as a group. I mean, I know you, know, um, you have been very instrumental in you know, keeping the conversation alive throughout all of last year between designers. And that was actually the first time in, in the history of my career where I have seen designers talk so candidly about their problems, about um, challenges we all face. You know, And at the end of the day, New York designers, we are better together. You know, we're better together because we all benefit from the result of, you know, getting the international attention from buyers and editors.
2: Right. So, but it sounds like what you're saying is the rationale to do sh- a show has less to do with kind of the traditional reason, which is to promote your new collection and, you know, be part of a a, a full schedule and being part of that kind of community and more about yeah. a statement that you're making that fashion week is still important. And, you know, uh, you know, you would like to still see it continue in, in whatever capacity. So it wasn't, it was less about selling clothes this yeah. time.
4: I mean, you know, it, it, it's much less, I mean, you know, I did, I did a show last September as well. And it was just, you know, it's a reminder of also, you know, I mean, with very, very minimal audience, right. Last season I had 36 guests, This season I had 20 so you know it's largely a digital show but the idea of the, you know even having 20 people around in this day and age sounds like a big party you know and you know and sometimes sometimes you know we forget because you know fashion week has become so hectic around the world and you know with social media and Instagram everything has become so fast i think it's uh you know it's a reminder that fashion can still bring an incredible amount of joy to people. And, you know, I I really felt the appreciation by doing the show last September and this February that, you know, people are still, you know, very enthusiastic about attending these experiences, you know? And yes, it is about um, keeping the dream alive and it is about carrying the torch and it is about uh, my wish to see New York Fashion Week come back to the way it was Uh, albeit in a very different format, you know, like, you know, the the world has changed and nothing will ever be the same again, but I still think the New York fashion industry is a very important part of America. And uh, in, in New York, you know, I, I work in a garment district. There's hundreds of companies around here, manufacturers, suppliers, they all depend on our business. So for me, I wanted to make sure that we are represented as a group of creatives.
2: So speaking of business, Jason, as an independent designer and business operating during this period, how is business? How are you faring right now?
4: I mean, you know, to be honest with you, business is very tough. You know, business was tough last year. You know, we saw, you know, everything stop, you know, in the midst of March. It's, you know, it's like one day it's all going and the next day, everything's gone. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, it's been very challenging and, you know, I've had to navigate. And I said, you know, 2020 was like my start over year, you know, kind of going into it back into start, startup mode, you know. Um, uh, you know, I've, you know, we, we're still working very much in shifts, you know. So, you know, there's like at, at a good day, there's like 10 of us here, you know, um, maximum, you know, we're all still working in shifts. And uh, even at the show, I had like a third of my staff there and 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 so yeah i mean when it comes to like being scrappy and being like startup mode that 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 was the year last year that kind of taught me that again you know and and actually i have to say like it was really good for me both creatively and also it motivated me because, you know, it, it, I got back to the work, you know, for, for a very, very long time. Imran. I mean, and I think you remember a couple of years ago, I didn't do shows for two seasons. You know, yeah. I just did lookbooks because I was burnt out right? And so, you know, it's I I decided to do a show because, you know, I I just think I'm feeling a lot of creativity. I'm feeling like I'm very motivated right now, you know, especially during these challenging times. And sometimes challenging times can bring out something that you didn't think you had in there, you know, and and I'm not going to lie. I mean, I had my shared challenges and I've continued to every single day, you know, like, I mean, this is a very, very serious, you know, this, this pandemic has had, very serious impact on the fashion industry and many 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 other industries i mean my friends in the food industry and all of that so it's not easy and it's not easy to be able to stay afloat and be able to present and be able to continue when things are going to be tough for most of this year
2: yeah so speaking of kind of making changes to the business one of the things Uh, I noted was that you decided to show your contemporary collection during this particular show. You know, I accidentally clicked on an old Jason Wu show when I was looking for your new show and having seen the old one and the new one. So like one after another, just really underscored that you've taken quite a different direction with the, with the company and the collection and, and the kind of positioning what what are you thinking yeah. about now what's your strategy
4: well my strategy is really the house of jason wu and being able to build it out as a business that has multiple tiers you know i think that's very very important to me you know and 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 that's the, and my goals have changed over the last decade you know when when you know i Set out. I only wanted to do luxury, and I think over the last few years I expanded my business into many other things. So now I have Jason Wu collection on luxury level, and I have Jason Wu, and you know I have, you know, you know I have a fair share of licensed projects, um, you know, including you know my project with Brizo Faucet, Jason Wu Beauty that just launched at Target. So that's like the first, you know, being the first. Designer label at a Mastiche, um price price point, and the idea behind that is that you know we had to think about scalability and how how do we grow the business you know and you know we're, we're lucky enough that you know we have the name recognition to be able to you know reach a bigger market so to me, it was like, why not? You know, I fully embraced that, you know, I fully embrace that. And, uh, and, and, and the reason why I chose to show the contemporary collections from um, in last season and this season is because, you know, frankly, that's just what I see people wear right now, you know, and, you know, the, you know, my ball gowns aren't exactly what people are wearing right now. mind you, Jason Wu collection is still like, the darling for me, you know, like I love it. You know, we came, uh, and, but I just chosen to release the content much later. So, two weeks ago, we showed spring 2021, you know, uh, Jason Wu collection. This new Jason Wu collection, which is already done, it's being sold to buyers right now, but it, I will be unveiling that in May, June, you know. So, it's just about taking a different approach, but also the idea that, you know, by May, June, we might be living in a different world still, you know, it might be more relevant. To yeah. be showing a ball gown at that time, you know, and so it's, you know, I think we have to be conscious about, like, you know, what's going on around us, and also mm-hmm. I wanted people to see some range from me, you know, people see me as a one certain thing, and I want I wanted people to see me, you know, as a, a multi dimensional designer.
2: Speaking of, you know, generating other kinds of revenue, you know, this particular show you announced a a big partnership with Coca-Cola previously, there've been things with Cadillac and Lowe's. You also have IMG. I think that helps you stage the show. Like how much of the rationale to do a show now is linked to kind of generating money from sponsorship that helps you in other parts of your business, or does the sponsorship just help you kind of cover the cost of the show? And then it's like basically free marketing for you.
4: Well, I think it's 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 about strategic partnerships, right? It's not just like okay, you know, like this sponsor came up and let's just make make it work, you know. I mean, like the idea. Coca Cola is actually an interesting one because I wanted to do the idea of Mr. Wu's General Store like since last October because basically all I was doing is going to farmer's market. So I'm like, that's why. And I was like, like, this needs to be a fashion show, right? And I mean, that is the runway nowadays. And, you know, the thing is like, I wanted to do it and I wanted to approach an American brand because, you know, it was really the theme of the shows about Americana. And so I approached Coca-Cola about it. So it was actually a reversed kind of a thing. You know, they didn't come to me with that. You know, we went to them with this concept. And the idea was just, you know, it's like, it, it's, it goes along with my desire to expand Jason Wu into lifestyle. And, and I know that word has been used so many times before, but I really, one thing, one thing that's very, very, that's changed fundamentally with me is that, you know, about five years ago, I stopped thinking of Jason Wu, the company, as a fashion company. I started thinking Jason Wu company as a consumer goods company. Because, you know, I, you know, as you know, I come from toys, you know, designing toys. And that was like my first thing. I'm still doing it, by the way. And so, you know, um, I, 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 so I think about this like multidimensional way, uh, the, the brand in multidimensional way that, you know, but, you know, have to, have to make it somehow all make sense together. You know, it's not just about pulling any money or any sponsor in at any time just to make a show happen, you know, that wouldn't be very authentic, but, you know, in fact, to me, you know, doing partnerships like this is a win-win situation because everybody gets what they need out of it. And, um, and, and, and it it, uh, it, 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 and it's, it's also, you know, it's a great business strategy. I think, you know, it's uh, to be able to expand myself outside of a fashion niche, yeah. If that makes sense. It opens my, you know, opens my world up. I mean, last year we had the most launches of products, you know, from my florals of one hundred flowers that's on its third collection um, to, you know, kitchen. Food is something I'm really looking forward to doing a lot more this year. There will be some launches and, you know, um, and, and, and beauty. So like, you know, all those things are things that I'm personally very interested in. So it made sense for me to incorporate those things into my fashion shows. Thank you.
0: l-d-e-j-a-n-e-i-r-o soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.
3: Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. Go to Shopify.com slash B-O-F to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash B-O-F. So is this what it takes
2: as an independent, non-fashion business, fashion business? Is it about expanding? Because, you know, there's so many challenges and questions about the future of independent fashion brands in this sea of all yeah. of these like massive mega brands, most of them backed by, you know, LVMH or caring. Like, is this part of the strategy for being able to compete in that
4: environment? yeah, I have to diversify. I think it's very important. And now, you know, w- w- when I started the business, it was very different, right? And now we're basically seeing really huge groups out of Europe and America, you know, and part of, you know, New York Fashion Week being a little bit more scattered is that we're all independent, you know? And so there isn't, a, you know, there isn't a directive or there isn't a, you know, there isn't, it's it's not one size fit all. In new york it can't be because you know everybody has got to you know and as you've seen in the conversation we've been having with many independent designers you know we have to do what makes sense for our independent individual businesses right which is why you're seeing people showing in their own time in their own way or what makes sense so that they can stay in business i think that's very very important and so in that way we have to throw away the old rule book a little bit right and say like hey you know this is the situation of this is what makes sense for me in order to stay in business. Right. And I, I, I tend to think that for me, you know, if you look at the history of American fashion, you know, the great American designers from Calvin to, you know, Ralph, Michael Kors, Tommy Hilfiger, you know, they've all been extremely diverse in their company. It's, it has never been purely luxury, you know? Yeah. And I think that's part of, and, 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 and I'm not saying, you know, and, and you know, in every generation is a new way of doing that, you know, and there is not, you know, what worked 10, 15 years ago doesn't work today, you know? And so so, but I do think the backbone of American fashion has always been about diversifying and being, you know, um, you know, being being less traditional in its its approach in what luxury and what fashion looks like and these are the brands that the the examples of great american brands are still alive and well right now
2: yeah those are the ones that have really survived you know and there's yeah. so many so many others that have disappeared uh last question is just to look ahead a bit because this is obviously a highly unusual new york fashion week um last season was a highly unusual new york fashion week and you were saying earlier that you really believe in the need for some kind of scheduled time for designers to show together how do you see all of this playing out and evolving i'm sure you've thought about it i mean so if it was a a year from now what might fashion week be like in february 2022
4: first of all i love the way you say schedule I'm it so always, sorry I did it, that. On it the... always throws me for a loop. I was like, schedule? What schedule are you talking about? I picked up
2: that Britishism.
4: It's, it's one of the like the that... one thing you picked up is schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else but schedule. But, you know, you know, listen, the schedule, you know, is forever changed, you know, and, and it's not going to be the same. And I don't, you know, I, I think, it, you know, but I think that's okay. But I do think, you know, for the sake of, you know the new York fashion fashion industry as the community it behooves us to work together because you know i I do think people are gonna really reevaluate the way they travel after this these two years you know people i i mean I've already you know way before the pandemic, there was already so much fatigue within buyers and, you know, buyers and editors. It's like, oh, I don't want to be on a train. I don't want to go to a cruise show, you know, here and there and there and there. You know, they're like on the plane and they never get to see their families and everything. I think people are going to, through through this pandemic, we've found alternative alternative ways to be able to showcase and connect with people, right? Now, that doesn't change the fact that, you know, being able to touch and feel the clothes is still emotional. And I still think that's very, very important. But I think people are going to be, you know, more uh, considerate when when it comes to traveling. So I think it behooves us to have a shorter, more concise schedule as a group. And that people, and, and I don't think it needs to be, eight days. I think four or five days could be something that's very good. Plus market, you know, I think it, it, this probably will give us an opportunity to kind of completely rewrite when New York Fashion Week is all about.
2: Well, thank you for taking time to break it all down for us, Jason. I appreciate it.
4: Did I break it down?
2: You broke it down, <laughs> um, but no, thank you for that. It's, it's really useful. And I guess only time will tell how this is all going to evolve. I think there was a certain moment in the year where there was this idea that there was going to be a before and after in terms of fashion week before and fashion week after. And actually fashion week after is going to take several seasons, yeah. maybe years for it all to play out for us to figure out what the new schedule looks yeah. like. So
4: um, <laughs> Yeah, but I think you know it's. Uh, I, I think we have to work as a team and as a group, you know. And I, I think if this experience has taught any us anything, yeah. is that you know, uh, you know, a group of independents is stronger than one person at a time. Yeah.
2: Okay. Thanks, Jason. Have Thanks. a lovely afternoon. Bye. Bye. Next, I spoke to our New York-based senior correspondent, Chantal Fernandez, who has been talking to all of the big behind-the-scenes players from the CFDA and IMG to assess the wider impact of the pandemic on the short-term and long-term future of New York Fashion Week and what will be left of New York Fashion Week when the pandemic is behind us.
5: Well, it's really sort of boiled down, um, you know, to these digital platforms. The CFDA has one, IMG has one, and then, of course, social media where different brands are sharing things. So people are experimenting. And I think it what it sort of has escalated is this consumer-facing proposition for Fashion Week. This is something that's been evolving for years and years and years, you know, from the dawn of style.com that really opened up this... Insular industry world to the consumer. And when you're doing something purely online, then we all have the same access point, whether it's Tim Blanks, or, you know, a random person who's interested in fashion, but will never interact with these brands or or buy anything, you know, we all are experiencing it the same, the same way, which is it's it's so different from what this week was sort of conceived as.
2: Your article was on the unbundling of New York Fashion Week because the other thing that's happening is this like very tightly scheduled group of shows is now spread out. And then there's the additional news that instead of having a New York Fashion Week calendar, the CFDA released something they were coining the American collections. So what does this kind of... Increased diffusion or spreading out of all of these events mean for Fashion Week's future? Do you think?
5: Yeah, it's so interesting because the story of New York Fashion Week for such a long time was about the bundling. You know, when Helmut Lang started showing before London and you know before the European fashion capitals, and then everyone came. There was this real idea of like, okay, when are people showing? um, When is the calendar? How do I get on the calendar? And you know, going back to what we were just talking about with. With the CFDA calendar, it was all about like when is the right time and how do I get how do I get myself showing at the same time that the critical mass of people are here. And um, now what we've seen, even in the years leading up to the pandemic, is that designers are are saying, okay, I'm, I'd rather go to Paris because there's more international presence there, and I really want to beef up my presence in in France or in Japan. Or they're deciding you know, for example, last year, even before the pandemic, Ralph Lauren had announced that they weren't going to show in February and they were going to do something big and on their own in April. And they've been, they had been having a lot of success with these super huge kind of cinematic shows like the Central Park one. They created a jazz lounge, they created a cafe and those were super, they had found those to be very successful brand building moments. And for them, They didn't need to do it within the confines of of Fashion Week. So I think we've seen that brands that either have a different strategy or have the resources to stage something really impressive or attention-grabbing on their own um, have felt like they didn't need to stick with with the group and would benefit actually from from doing something different. And that's something we've seen in Europe as well, but we've seen it to a higher degree in New York.
2: You know, that's really interesting because what Jason was saying is as an independent brand, he still sees the value of New York Fashion Week because that bundling is still valuable to him. Yeah. But when you know, thinking back to like Ralph Lauren, who's you know opted out of Fashion Week, you know, Tori Birch, Michael Kors, a lot of the big names in New York are not showing in this in the kind of current schedule. However, the same thing is happening in Europe, you know, with Bottega, Veneta, and Gucci and those just stepping outside the traditional calendar maybe the future of Fashion Week is actually a bundling of independent brands that are showing together. And maybe that doesn't have to be twice a year anymore. Maybe that could be once a year, but clearly there's still some value in this bundling, not to mention all of the conversations and sense of community that we have as an industry during Fashion Week that we could still have in some kind of you know, less regular, more global bundle of independent designers,
5: certainly, and you know when i I spoke to Stephen Kolb, the CEO of the of the CFD for this story, and he was talking about how they've shifted their calendar, which we should explicitly um, explain, is that they've expanded it to include designers who are showing outside of the New York Fashion Week dates and outside of New York City. Um, You know, whether they're showing in Paris or in March or whatever, as part of this American collections calendar, which he described as really like a statement about American culture, American creativity in this industry each season. And what he was saying is that New York Fashion Week is always going to be the core of that and who decides to show there is going to change. And it looks, you know, change from season to season and it also looks like wh- what that vehicle is is probably most useful for a certain type of brand who maybe is more wholesale dependent, um, is has a certain type of product that um, would be better shown in that format. I think it's going to depend, but yeah, it's definitely not a company that's large enough to strike out on their own.
2: So I asked Jason this question, I'm going to ask you to fast forward a year when hopefully you know large portions of the world are vaccinated and we're out roaming like free animals and people in the in the wild world again. You know what what what's your prediction on what it what next February at this time looks like?
5: I don't know about February because I feel like the February New York fashion weeks are always a little bit um less spirited than the September ones. But I think once we are able to safely interact with each other. I I do think there will be a pent up excitement for that in this city um, from everyone involved in the industry to, to go back and celebrate those moments again. I think it, it will be, it'll take some time though, because you know, the industry is not going to financially recover as quickly as we do from a public health perspective. And, with everyone having gotten forced to so used to buying digitally with all these wholesale platforms or reviewing collections from a lookbook. I think there's going to be a lot of people who keep doing that or keep doing that maybe once a year. So yeah, it, it could be something where once a year versus twice a year, there's a bigger collection of brands. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what sort of cues we get from these, industry organizations, I know that they are trying to respond to what designers want, but it could be interesting to see if there's some signaling from them about trying to corral this into, into um, a different type of structure. Because at the end of the day, New York Fashion Week is still the most important, the single most important marketing moment for for the industry in this country. And that is really valuable for, for a lot of people.
2: Well, thank you, Chantal, for sharing your insights from all your reporting. Thank you. For deeper analysis on the unbundling of New York Fashion Week, I highly recommend Chantal's BOF professional analysis, which you can find at businessoffashion.com. If you're not yet a BOF professional member, podcast listeners can benefit from a 25% discount on an annual membership using the code PODCASTPRO. That's PODCASTPRO. BOF podcast is edited and produced by Venetia Van Horn Alcalma, Kate Barton, and Kevin Bobby Blanco in the BOF studio.
0: l-d-e-j-a-n-e-i-r-o com, and use the code ACAS 10 for 10% off.